0: Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse our podcast. And welcome to a very different Geek Apocalypse podcast because it is minus a guest and you will hear that it's minus an introduction at the same time and that is because I'm going to do for the first time in a while a solo podcast which is basically getting the tangents and amazing, well hopefully amazing, I'll let you be the judge, uh, Be having the ability to talk about some questions that have came to me uh, recently through Twitter and through emailing and various other things, and just say what's on my mind and give you an update about um, Geek Apocalypse in a more wider context uh, and uh, talk to you about some things that I've been thinking about and offer my opinion on some things that have been on the news because I think this is good practice for me because one of the things that I'm trying to do in my own life outside of this, even though it is part of it, is I'm trying to become a lecturer at um Newcastle University, which is obviously where I'm from, northeast of England, and yeah, I'm really wanting to do that and have a subject or conversation about things on my own, obviously to an audience like yourselves, so I think this would be good practice for me, and also because of the amount of podcasting we do as a being a weekly shows that sometimes um i might not be able to get a guest for whatever reason because we try and get like i, I sort of feel like we're on the sort of the the uh, another tier in the sense of we're trying to get sort of people that are well known for certain things we're obviously not going to get like for example david kingsbury who's a personal trainer of the podcast we just released uh, for example, he's a good example of where he has an interesting story. He's met people who are worldwide famous, um, and he's got some stories within that. But obviously, we're not going to get the huge Jackmans of the world. Obviously, um, you know, maybe one day we can we, we can we can dare to dream. Um, so yeah, it's it's find, uh, and I would still I still have, have local people on and people I know on because that's always interesting because it's a good dynamic. Um, but yeah, so it's trying to find the the right people really because it's. Um, it, it, and that leads me to what I'm going to... My first topic of conversation is I'm going to talk about podcasting because, believe it or not, it's not as easy as people think it is. And be able to talk for 50 minutes on your own is really not um as easy as it sounds either. So I hope that that comes across in the stuff that I'm talking about. But in terms of just to let you know how it does work if it's your first time listening is that usually we have a guest and we talk for an hour maybe two hours depending on how well it is going or how the availability of people and we have a conversation and one of the things that i always wanted to do on this podcast is to have a conversation as in like you're in a cafeteria and the audience is a fly on the wall as in they're hearing you know like a good conversation between two friends and having that dynamic with people that you don't know is hard and i think that So the first uh, subject about podcasting, I think that's really ultimately the thing that people have a a hard time grasping, uh, about how difficult that is to actually communicate with people for that length of time and to be interested. Luckily, that's my regular personality, and that's really who I am, and I've been that way for a long time, so that's part of um, what makes it easy for me. Um, but just in terms of upcoming guests just so you're aware of this and to say welcome to people who may not be li- be listening to this for the first time is the next guest we have coming up is Gunnar Roxon. it's nice that I get the opportunity to actually I have time to explain is um, Gunnar Rockson uh, has been on before he does Dark Angels um, and the Wild Hunt uh, which are books and he's uh, involved in Modifius, which is Chris Birch's company and uh, he writes for them and various other things he does a lot of independent stuff so he's going to be on uh, talking about broken shields which is what he's working on now um and also his book uh, an update about his books um also uh, ken who is involved in broken shields who apparently has done a huge bunch of video games and other stuff before then and that's how he's got on board with the project so he's going to be on soon uh, we've got richard kirby from the nhs who um, has been on mentally sound the other show that we sometimes do about mental health, so he's going to be interest interesting because um, he's guest hosted that um, show before with me, and so I've never put I've never, but with it being a radio show, you never get the opportunity like you do in podcasting to kind of talk about things in a broader sense because that's what makes it appealing and makes it fun. So, so yeah, I'm really excited to talk to him in a in a, in a longer format, and um, so that's happening next week as well. My sister which um, was the original plan was her to be on around about my birthday, but she couldn't come up for work reasons. And then the next time I saw her, it felt kind of like we had to, I only saw her for a few hours and be like, "Who do a podcast even though I haven't seen you in a while. So we maybe, the plan I'm hoping is that I get the opportunity to have an hour with her in, a, a, around Christmas time. Because obviously as people know with Christmas, you spend a great deal of time struggling to find anything to do. So, And the fact that I'm obviously going to be at my parents' and my family over the Christmas period, um, I I think that would be fairly easy to achieve. So that's the current plan in terms of my sister being involved. We're obviously going to be doing a lot of hosted stuff. Um, We've also got... Also, the plan is to get Jason who was one of my favorite interviews on mentally sound the other show that we do who is a uh, um Iraq and Afghanistan war veteran and we only got about 8 to 10 minutes to talk to him because that's the usual segments he have in radio so my my goal in that is to have him on longer to talk about his experiences and he talked very eloquently about post traumatic stress disorder which my friend Ricky has um and yeah it's just it's it, i I think as well if 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 Christmas has a purpose, even though it kind of it has kind of has become like a hallmark, spend a whole amount of money, and um, it's it's lost lost its traditional thing. And they can argue if you're not religious, really, should you be? You know, it's kind of we've took it over as a holiday as opposed to know it's supposed to be the season of goodwill and stuff. So if it is. If you look at it in that sense, then we should also be reminded of people who have had who are in much more difficult circumstances than 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 he, than than other than people like ourselves you know where we have first world problems as opposed to um to problems of like a, a country in war or or having hunger or no shelter, which we all have so it's a i guess there's a little bit more about being grateful over the festive period. Um, And so certainly I feel like having an ex-war veteran on to talk about them experiences is not only interesting, but important and relevant for the time. So hopefully we'll get an opportunity to talk to him uh, in December, which would be really exciting. Um, So yeah, so that's what's coming up. Also, I should like to reiterate that Geek Apocalypse is some people have been confused by this is that geek apocalypse currently as it stands it's just me in the sense of it's my freelance company and i run it and i have obviously some help with with uh, coding with the website and and stuff like that but um i tried to expand it a while ago um and people weren't as committed to the goal as i was um i also for people who've never listened to this before are aware that i have bipolar disorder which Is a nightmare for me and it affects my life on a regular basis so having the ability to be motivated and energetic to do things is incredibly difficult but i try my best um and i feel like i've done quite well all things considered to have done at this moment in time i have 36 episodes i've done 136 episodes we've done 38 shows this year with one month to go um so we're we're looking um and and um i have about 10 episodes in the in mind uh, as of this recording which i'm recording this on the 29th of november so um so yeah so so a lot to think about um so uh, so yeah so sometimes i'm not prompt with putting the podcasting out one of the things that i'm thinking of doing which i hope i'll be able to do is to put the podcast out on a particular day um, and I should say Um so what day that what day that will be? I am not quite sure, um but we'll see how it goes um my plan also my plan also um uh, so in that sense, just to let people be aware of how to contact me that's another thing that people. Or it's kind of not sure about is if you go to if you tweet me at geek underscore apocalypse you can obviously follow us as well where we talk about um we i i will tweet about uh, articles i read it is a personal twitter and i write personal stuff on it too so it is kind of me but we also like you know tweet the new episodes and if you subscribe on itunes you'll get that you get the podcast through itunes quicker than um, me uploading the website which is something i i need to do as well but like i say it's only me i used to have a full-time twitch schedule as well and it just reached a point where it was too much for me to do on my own and currently i'm trying to find uh, the idea about getting sponsorship for the show um, because it is getting more and more expensive to have the space. You know, I regard, people should look at the internet in terms of space. If, if you've never bought, like, sort of, space to do podcasting and anything like that, or, 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 or just to have it, because it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's essentially you're putting files on the internet. It costs, it gets more expensive the more that you do. And the fact that we've done a hundred plus episodes of this show means anyone can listen to any of the other podcasts at any other time. Um, means that it's going to get hard. It's going to there's more and more downloads and more and more people listening as as I, as I go on, and that gets obviously harder and harder and harder and more expensive each time. And if we're not making a regular source of income, which we which is hard to do with, with, especially when you're doing free content to begin with, that's really really hard to convince people that like, oh, if you really enjoy this podcast, which I know a lot of people listen, is to turn around and go, oh, can you give us a small amount of money per month? or can you donate to us or can you buy one of our t-shirts or whatever and um, that's hard to convince people because there's so much content out there how you've got to basically decide that this is the num- your favorite podcast which um as someone who listens to podcasts all the time I listen to so many like I listen to Joe Rogan uh, wrestling observer nerdist and and you know people might think I'm crazy for suggesting or the podcast to listen to, but I'm a fan of podcasting. That's the reason I got involved in the first place. So these people, like Nerdist in particular, are the, are the, was the podcast that really, you know, um, got, got me interested in it. Oh, well, Ricky Gervais earlier being, I guess, sort of from, from, from England. That was the first time I'd ever heard the phrase podcasting and it just basically meant an online radio show, essentially. So, um, it really, it really interested me and got me involved in the process to begin with. So, There's a lot of options out there. So like, for example, if you did the whole Amazon thing where you type in our podcast name and we get 10% of your order or something like that, that's remembering that we have that. Whereas there's about a hundred other podcasts easily that have the same option of the, the affiliate program where they'll get 10%. So who do you decide to click on the button for, um, to, to do that to get, give the 10% to? It's the same problem uh then then you know it's it's having having a sponsor from the same person um creates that issue so that's why sponsorship when it used to be in radio shows way back when used to be that you could get any sponsorship from like a local place or whatever but it being worldwide they they make the very valid argument of that it's not beneficial to sponsor a show that's worldwide because then what if they're not a worldwide company what's the point um which is a very fair argument so it's finding someone that has a worldwide potential or is willing to do- give a certain amount of money per sponsorship that the audience doesn't have to pay for the content Um but that's the current setup on the internet which makes it difficult so so anyway so yeah so that's what so that's why um if you are annoyed by the fact that it takes forever to it you know there's periods of time where I don't put podcasting up that's the reason why um is is that you know getting my own life in order and sometimes I have to take days off to recover with my health issues um so so it's not always sort of guaranteed in that sense but I do try my best i think that's the best i can phrase it so um in so yeah so as i'm saying so the stuff i wanted to talk about in in relation so for example i've already touched on this is podcasting and um it's going through an interesting thing right now where because you know i'm i'm currently holding a microphone up to my mouth to talk and um, i have a, a expensive laptop which is irrelevant in the sense you can do this with any sort of laptop and any free software like audacity Um you can just sit and record um a podcast right now um and dedicate an hour and just sit and talk about things like i said in the introduction that is incredibly hard to do and i guess guess to be frank not everyone can do it um it's the same as people on youtube who kind of think that they can and i'm not suggesting that i can uh, for some of the stuff that i do but i know that i can talk and i know that i can be interested in conversation and what and having guests on and treat them appropriately there was a there was a, an example of this that i gave to some people recently where i i sometimes guest on other people's podcasts because that's a good cross promotion and you know it's good to be guests and not have the the hosting responsibility because sometimes you're not as involved in the show as you'd like to be because it's all about the guest essentially so i i remember there's one particular podcast that i went on that i got sort of verbally i'd say well verbally abused in the sense of he thought he was joking but he was saying some like quite you know harsh vindictive things towards me and very stereotypical things of like oh you know you you long-haired ginger freak and stuff like that thinking this person was being funny and it was just it came across as really unprofessional and that's an example of where they don't really know what they're doing and they just record and do a show and sort of see where it goes um in the set and and think that's similar to what i do um i have i don't have written down questions this is probably my most asked question i get i don't have any asked questions um you can do it that way if you so choose but i find them interview them interviews if you stick to a a format of question and answer and go on to the next question is you, you almost don't listen to the person that's talking so the guest May say something extra interesting that you can, you can elaborate on, especially with the time you have in podcasting. And if you just stick to going, okay, next question, it sounds like you're, you're disinterested in the conversation, which means what, why should the audience that's listening, why should they, um, listen to a conversation that you have no interest in yourself when you're interviewing them? Like that comes across a lot in the sort of entertainment tonight or whatever the hell they're called in mainstream media because that's essentially what they do is they want the five minute thing to get the audience they don't care about the content they just want the numbers and um, that's not my my goal my goal is to have the best show possible and the most and to be inter- have a do an interesting show um and if i feel that way then then if anyone else does that's a bonus um a lot of people don't do that and and i guess that leads to a very quick segue towards Um, I see this all the time, and it's really frightening. It's people stealing each other's content. Like We seem to be making a generation now, which is really quite horrible and, and worrying, is a bunch of generation of people that just steal other people's content, like original content. I mean, granted, you can make the argument of nothing is original content, Really, it's always based on another person's idea. You know, podcast. Me doing a podcast, it might be my personality, which is what makes it unique. But it still is a podcast that anyone else can do to a certain extent. But it requires. My point, as I said earlier, was it requires a certain level of talent and ability to be able to talk and to resonate with the audience and to say stuff that's interesting and to know when to. To move on to another topic, to be aware of momentum and some of its experience, but there is some natural ability involved, and I guess that's what stresses me out about people who think they can. think anyone can do it because it's just bollocks, essentially. Um, is so what people do who have no talent on YouTube is that they basically steal other people's content you know, like, you know, they'll steal a Howard Stern clip, or they'll steal they'll a steal. UFC. You're probably having this problem all the time, with, especially with our official YouTube channel. Um, and even podcasting, like Joe Rogan, has several accounts on YouTube from other people stealing his content and just changing the resolution or changing the screen size, um, trying to get, you know, views, because you get, you know, ad you can get advertising money just from the amount of people that click on your video. Um, and I don't, YouTube, YouTube claim they do enough, but they mustn't do, they mustn't do in terms of, cause their business model is, no matter what they do to change it, that people find other ways of getting around it. It does sacrifice the quality of what a lot of people upload, because you, like I say, they'll change it to half a screen size, and it is not fun watching that content, and I always, if I can find the official version, I will do that, but the problem is, there's people who, My point is, there are people who don't care about stealing content, even though if you did that in any other medium, it would be illegal and against the law. And there's people who are watching that content who don't care where it comes from. Like, they're not, they don't care about the original content, the original thing that it came out of. So. That's a massive concern for someone who makes original content or that who makes unique content, I would say, is, is more, more, more applicable. Is that, yeah, like, that's a really huge problem and we really should care about how, uh, how, a generation think that that's okay like i actually saw like an advert for a guy whose youtube channel where basically said being the number one in stealing content you know if someone used the word stealing stealing is such a negative connotation and such as such negative consequences and again like i say it it, it gets into like the law uh, when you say that phrase is that the fact that they even say that in their advertising shows that they just don't care and they think that it's all right to do that um there was a famous story i read once in the podcast in the podcasting world that i listened to about a guy on instagram uh so it, was, it, was, it was something jew i seem to remember um and uh they mentioned this on nerdist that basically he stole comedians jokes and didn't quote them on like instagram posts and he gained such a following like i don't know uh, d- d- It's irrelevant in terms of getting this accurate to make the point, but let's say 2 million people uh, followed his Instagram account. He was getting then, he then started to get. Paid by companies to advertise on his Instagram, like a lot of celebrities do, um and you know the comedians who are going out and making far less money with their content that they work hard on and write and and and, and develop and, and get better with. Um, they're, they're, he's seeing the end product of that and stealing it and taking credit, um like Carlos Mencia, that famous comedian who did exactly the same thing, where he just essentially stole jokes. Um, and didn't do any original jokes of his own that's wrong no matter how you slice it and yet there's there were, i remember people there was people who were defending this guy on instagram um saying oh what he's doing nothing wrong it isn't doesn't harm anybody and it's people who are just not in the know and they don't realize the the massive effect it has on people like me who, who, whatever you think of me, like taking the the taking risk aspect of of doing an original show and you know working their arse off to try and get off the ground and do something from scratch. That's not what they're doing. They're just stealing content and taking credit and taking money. Um, that's that's just really not great. and and it's it's essentially wrong. And like I say, in any other medium, would be illegal. So that's like something i really wish that we could change and i guess the way you do that is to try and discourage people and and punish people a lot stronger in terms of in terms of them doing that um uh, people seem to just turn a blind eye and sort of think it's uh, it's you know that people see it on the internet and go oh that's wrong but they don't do anything about it they don't complain um they, uh, and 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 they complain when they get co- i've seen so many people as well on their youtube accounts and stuff complaining that copyright is being stolen. like oh i've got a copyright thing that's bullshit and you know you get all these people on youtube comments going oh I know what you mean that's a disgrace and like I mean, the one thing that it sounds like I wouldn't agree wouldn't agree with this, but then if you get content that isn't available and people have gave it gave it access on YouTube or something, I am I I agree with that because I think it's the company's responsibility, and um, like. they should be like for example what what i mean is is if you see an old bbc clip bbc annoy me in this in this sense because they don't care about their back catalog which is an a they have amazing you know collection of programs that are just sitting in a database and they just they just are lazy enough they're not like you know channel four where they're not like putting a database up where you can watch a whole bunch of stuff they're just letting all this great content just disappear from history. Now that really annoys me, especially considering if people are paying like a TV license, um, the the that that should be part of the deal, frankly, in my opinion. So. When you see old BBC programmes that are, and some of them I admit that I watch on YouTube or old Parkinson clips or, or whatever or an old match of the day or, you know, whatever, that I think is perfectly reasonable in the sense of that's what, that justifies why people go to the length of uploading stuff like that because it's not available anywhere else. That, that, for a consumer who wants to see that content, I would quite happily pay for a, a service like if BBC iPlayer became a, a a database for a whole bunch of BBC shows and there was a separate way you can pay it and not pay the TV license, I would do that. Uh, if I got old content of BBC shows because, like I say, some BBC shows are amazing and I I miss some of them and I want to rewatch them. And if they're not available, then I don't. I, the, the, like I remember Will Wheaton once saying that like mainstream companies are encouraging piracy and and um and and losing you know copyrighted material being reused because of the fact that they don't make it accessible like worldwide or they have all these restrictions like you know when you go on american websites and they say you're not in the country so you can't watch it i mean that's just ridiculous and i mean why would you not want to have a worldwide thing and the claim that it's to do with like you know laws and stuff like that well kind of shows how stupid the country is that they're limiting their own companies within them to not get a bigger audience to make more money and revenue for that, that helps everybody. I mean, that's, that's just, that's laughably stupid. So, um, so whenever I go to conventions and whenever I, you know, get any emails or tweets about podcasting and some advice on how to do that, um, I always say to them, like, podcasting is exceptionally difficult as someone who now can say after doing three, after three years of doing this and a hundred and, nearly 140 shows is that um it's hard and especially when you do it you know you're going to be doing it on your own and especially at the beginning you know you're begging friends to come on and people you know um and you you're struggling to get a guest every week but i i i made the commitment of i'm going to do it every week i'm going to try and obviously had that period of time when i was in hospital and sick for a, a good eight months or so but I tried to keep up with it, and I tried to keep it a thing, um, and it, when I'm involved in it, I really work hard on it, and so that's 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 hard to keep going with, uh, and it's, it, it's hard. I always say to people, the thing about content, and this is the reason that people steal content, because they're aware of this, is... The content may be 30% of what you do, so arguably the people that that steal content uh, do all the, the 70% hard work of uploading the shows and all this other stuff. So it's, it's kind of funny in the sense that you can't make the argument of they're not hard working, but the fact that they steal content is what makes it wrong. But if they came up with their own content and spent as much effort into that with the original content and um, they would eventually they could eventually be successful the problem is they don't like that word eventually because it takes years years and years and years and years i mean look at like how big like the ufc and how much that they struggled when they when the fatitas and, and dana white first took it over like it was it was really really difficult um because they already they, they took over a company that was losing money and they 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 spent like 2 million and and they people made mistakes and it was nowhere near as big as it's got um, and it takes time you know to make an i mean that that's what well, that's a huge you know sport you know example but it's the same with anything it's the same with whatever you do it takes years and years and years and you know as they say in most companies that start is that you're lucky to make any money in the first three years of business now luckily so i always remind myself of the fact that i've done that um i pat myself on the back for um and it, it does get harder um so if you're listening to this and thinking, "Oh, I can just sit down right now, like Stephen's doing, and talk for an hour," my 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 um, advice would be to to try and see how difficult that is to be coherent and to have you and to let your brain like what I'm doing now talk, think about things and articulate what i'm what i'm thinking about and, and what i'd like to talk about um, on this solo version and when you have a guest think about how difficult it is to keep the conversation going and to say something interesting and in to and momentum which is such a natural ability i don't think you could sort of teach how to keep momentum going like you've just got to have a natural instinct of when to move on from a question it's the same as having good conversational skills with a friend um for example is that you realize like okay yeah, this topic's said uh, die to death let's move on to something else and that took me i always felt i had that natural ability but but i always say to people before i even started geek apocalypse i'd run a community radio station for about three years um, and I built that from scratch, so I've, I've worked out how to do, through my friend Graham, who deserves a huge amount of credit, how to put shows online, how to stream them, how to edit them, because I wasn't trained in that when I started, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, so all that stuff, all the failure in that, to begin with, was all done without before it even got off the ground, it's all behind the scenes, just me and Graham sitting there, working on trying to find out how it, how everything works. No one saw all that failure, it was all done in a confined area, and me figuring out how it all worked and learning from the ground up that's the kind of level of commitment you have to do and that all happened pre geek apocalypse so when i started geek apocalypse and put the website up and started the podcasting and stuff i felt like i knew what i was doing i'd been doing it long i'd been doing it long enough and i had some media training beforehand and i've produced things is that i i always felt i always feel comfortable talking and i don't know why that is i guess my my family are similar my sister can talk and Um, I, I've all, and I get immense joy from talking. Like it, it, that's why I therapy is good for me for my personal issues, and I, I'm a, I like, I'm a talking out things type person, and I'm fascinated by the choices human beings make because of that and how we communicate with each other because that's hugely important um to do to, to get any relationships or anything meaningful in life is is through how you communicate with people and so and this is essentially a communication between me and potentially anyone and that fascinates me and it's and it's really it's really exciting to do that and so that's the passion that you have to have for it as well. And so you can't see it as a money grabbing opportunity, which a lot of people do. It really isn't. Um, it's like when we have board game people on from board game companies or people who design board games and go, unless you're one of the mainstream companies like Hasbro and Mattel, and maybe you can throw in a few other ones like maybe Mayfair for Settlers of Catan or something like that. Um, you can't go into that type of business going, I'm going to make a huge sum of money. You might get by, which is all I ever care about, about podcasts and I want to get by and make enough money to keep doing it. Um, that's because it makes me happy. As it's, If that's how you feel, great. Um, I encourage you to do it. And if you're willing to put the hours in, great. But if you're not prepared to put the hours in and think that you can do it and think it's dead, dead easy, then you're sadly mistaken. And I've seen loads and loads of people try and do maybe two or three episodes of a show, or go, "I'm doing podcasting, Stephen. Let's, let, let, I'll show you, how, I'll tell you how it's going." And then three or four episodes later, they give up because they, they, re- they go, "Oh, hardly anyone's listening to this. Oh, I must be doing something wrong. Oh, this is too difficult." Um, you know, it in mind, um, and I was really happy about it at the time. I'll reveal because it's been you know what it's like 100 as i say it's 130 odd episodes later the first episode i remember when i first released it and i i don't know how long it was let's say three or four days it may have been downloaded and all listened to about 300 times when i first released it way back when um and I was and I was really happy with that. I was like, "Wow!" Like that amount of people have have, have um maybe more than that. I don't know. Maybe it was three thousand. I don't know. But it was it wasn't a it wasn't a, a huge amount of people. And I was absolutely over the moon. I was like, "Wow!" For something that I haven't had. You know, and I had a period of time where I didn't do the radio show, and it took it took a good six months to get Geek ready. Um, no one knew about it. It was just friends, and even if friends or family members just listening to it, then that's the start and i i took the leap of i started doing it so if you are not aware about all this this is the sort of stuff you should be thinking about and then it's like i said earlier as it gets bigger and more expansive it's buying a server to get space on the internet and it's and it's um promoting it on social media which i've have to say i was never great at from day one and i continue to learn from it and i continue to try and get better at it because there's people i know who are friends of mine who do way better than me um but i try my best with it and you know like i say there's a lot of the time unless you have a full-time job and move through circumstances i don't is it's really unless you're willing to pay other people to help you run something and in a lot of cases when you start a business that isn't possible it's too expensive to do that because you're not making any revenue is it it's just yourself, and it's and it's how much effort you're willing to put into it. And if you want to just do it for fun, like I know some people who do, like the Engage Podcast friends, who are good friends of mine, is they just do it because they love Star Trek and they love talking to each other, and it's a good opportunity for them to get together. That I totally get, um, and that if that's if that's their model, then fine. Um, it just bears in mind that this is not my model, and I want it to be. I want it to be successful enough just to keep doing it if it turns out to be to the level of joe rogan or nerdist one day then then obviously i'd be over over the moon um but i'm happy with where it's at but so finding sponsorship is the next uh goal on the list of of doing this podcast and, and 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 hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later um but in a nutshell it is incredibly difficult to um to podcast um but I have the time in my life when doing it. Um, I I I love it, and I have a passion for it, and I and I want. You know, I, I can't see a, a, a time in my life where I would not want to not do it. Um, I love it dearly and i love talking to people and i love meeting new people it's one of the reasons i think i was a good youth worker is because i enjoyed meeting even new new um you know when i did a new class and met some new children or met some new parents or new teachers to work with Um, i loved every second of that and i love meeting new people for that reason so um i'm always willing to get when i get like i I like it when i get a new guest because i'm like wow this is interesting and it tests me and i even when we get people who return which is obviously quite regular is that i enjoy that just as much because i'm like it's a challenge to to get more out of them than you did previously and you try not to you know overlap with subjects that you've already talked to them about so i love every part of i love every aspect of it the content like I said earlier, it's about maybe 30% of, it, maybe even less than that, of, of what you need to do. The rest of it is putting it online and promoting it and, 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 you know, putting it online and, and editing it if you need to. And, you know, that's why, like, I don't, what you'll hear now, unless it needs to be turned up or anything like that, or there's something wrong in certain sections. And this is just gonna be uploaded as I do it, and it's all in one take, it's all, what I think about, you know, because I know people who just stop and start, and they take that time, and I'm like, um, that to me shows that you're like sort of manufacturing it. You like the 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 monkeys of of, of podcasting and that you're a manufactured band almost and that you're not being real and you're not sort of talking to the audience like, you know, like I'm sitting down with you now on a table and I'm having a conversation with you people. Um, they're the kind of podcasting I like, you know, like I like the UFC, um, some of the UFC podcasting. I like Chael Sonnen's podcast. I like, uh, Jim Cornette for wrestling. Um, I, I, I am because he, they speak their mind like they do now. Um, and I just find it interesting. Um, so yeah, um, Obviously, with the UK podcasting scene being the way it is, it's nowhere near as big as America, which is too much to get into. Um, I al- I always encourage people, if they're genuine and they're sincere about it, to, yeah, do do a podcast, uh, come up with an idea or a theme of doing a podcast and do it, um, because we need more people in, in the podcasting scene, because the UK podcasting scene may be, may be people trying in it, but they're not people who are getting that successful. Um, because they don't do it often enough or they don't try. Um, and there may be people in mainstream companies, but really it's the independent podcasting uh, companies or people that make it a business or make it an opportunity like a network or a, a viable a viable like enterprise um which is why um podcasting in america has 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 boomed because so many people do it um, we kind of need that in the uk scene um to to for people to reach a level where everybody knows about it because and unfortunately we're battling against BBC Radio, which has you know uh, ten you know decades of in decades of history of of people listening and enjoying the programming, even though i m- majority of the programming I don't like from my point of view but convincing them to leave that and go to podcasting is difficult um it's essentially online talk radio essentially what podcasting is. Hard to convince people to do that um so it's going to take time and effort, and that's that can't be done by just one person um It's the point, so if you're wanting to podcast then do it um and you're you're welcome and invite me on your podcast <laughs> and uh, if it's if it if it sounds interesting, I will gladly do that um But yeah, so, because I do get asked that sometimes, um, you know, I'm not one of these people that I will guest on something if I find it interesting. Um, Is, not that I'm like a big deal, I'm really not, but um, it's weird that people ask me that. But anyway, so um, board games. um, This is something that uh, is in relation to I read an article on Yahoo and this is something else that was on my mind because I find this interesting about friendships. um, Is that there was an article on Yahoo that basically said there was some research done at some university that basically said that they did research into how much do you think your capacity of your brain lets you think how much how many like friends do you think of and can be in your life in a meaningful way and it was based on sort of the social media like Facebook friends of how many real Facebook friends are actually friends and so that interested me in Main research that's one of the reasons I left Facebook in the first place is that I found it very like sort of Fake in that sense is that you just kept, you know, trying to get more and more people friend requests to be on Facebook, and it didn't really mean anything in the long term. Um, and so, basically, said uh, no matter how many friendship, uh, friends friends you have on Facebook, the amount is you only really care about like ten of them in terms of genuine friendships who you have the capacity to make time for. And in reality, and then they took it one step further and said, in reality. In terms of your real life outside of the internet, you probably only have time, have time or the energy to have about five close friends that you spend regular time with, and that fascinated me because this is something I have been I've been preaching to even some of my friends who haven't. There's some some friends of mine who are having the same issue where they're like, "Oh, people don't care about me as much as I realized," and like, "Why don't they answer me?" and all those kind of things because a lot of people unfortunately don't care. And that's a really they they don't care as much as you want them to, and it's finding the people who actually do, um, who and 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 giving them the time because you they won't sort of disappoint you in that sense because majority of people will because they're assholes, um, you know, as someone who was you know essentially dying in hospital and was trying to kill himself because of the difficulty I was going through, which I talked about another podcast, so I'm not going to go into that now, um they decided i wasn't worth caring about and um screw you know fuck you Stephen. bye um that that's the kind of level of society you deal with and i'm not the only one you know that sounds bitter and resentful but i'm not the only one that happens so often and i get very disillusioned and sad when you know people come to me and do the same thing because i would never ever do that to somebody if someone's willing to give you their time that is the most valued thing they can give you, and quality time. I don't mean time was in like a lot of people would go, "Oh, I turned up," and I even though I acted like an asshole, I like, gave you my time. Like you know what I mean? Obviously, there's a criteria for it, but ultimately, the, your time is the most precious thing because it's the thing that's limited the most. Is that we only have one life, the what well, in the sense of what you believe, in, one life on this earth. Anyway, if you outside of what you believe and so you should make the most of it, and so if someone goes, I'm going to give you one day of their life, or one hour of their time, and it's meaningful, and it, it, it's quality time, then you you should be ex- exceptionally grateful, and um, that shows the, a level of, of, of care, and, and you should, you know, respond accordingly, sadly not enough people do that, so... If you're relying too much on getting likes on on social media or posts, expecting some sort of reaction or wanting to you know piss people off on social media, then you need to look at your life in a in a in a broader sense and realize that you should focus on the people that are around you consistently. So I focus on you know my friends I see every Monday night who have been my friends for twenty plus years. Um, I obviously now focus on my girlfriend, which is new, and I talk I I, I focus on my my friend Nicola and her husband, who comes around and plays board games with me, um, and you know my fr- Ricky, who I mentioned earlier. There's a whole, and then there's a few other friends I could mention. Um, is that like I focus on the people who I see too often enough? If you only, if you know, I I have arguments with some people who claim that if you see a friend once every six months when they live twenty minutes away from you, that that's enough. Now I'm just not that. That's not my criteria of a meaningful friendship. So, so yeah, so I, 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 it depends on what your criteria for a friend is. But I, I find if a lot of people are disappointed and take a second best approach of, well, at least they are spending a little bit of time, even if it's every so often, yet they're miserable about their friendship every other time. If you feel that way, find people who are caring and appreciate the person you are and put all your effort into them um, because the other people are not worth your time um but one of the things i the reason i mentioned board games about this article that i thought this is one of the beautiful things about board games you know i'm going to play board games after uh, later later this evening um as i'm doing this as i'm doing this podcast and one of the things that i find awesome is you can just go and have a board game night with some friends And that, that by needing more people to do a board game, you can, you can like, um, extend your friendship circle because you can go, oh, we're having a board game night. And so you can think about more friends to invite and that encourages like, you you see them more regularly. So you're not just like kind of having a one-on-one dinner with a friend, which is as you get older, I'm nearly 30, is that one of the things that you do, which is killing me to say by the way, (laughs) is, um, yeah, is you find yourself, Having a lot more like catch-up dinners, one on one and stuff, whereas board games give you the opportunity, and all the board games we play are really fun and exciting. Um, it's a reason to be sociable in a in a bigger group than the normal. Like that's super rewarding, and that that would be my argument against only five friends is that my friendship circle is wider than that because of the fact that I have a hobby of board games where I play more where i play games with that where where i play with more people because of that reason so that really um excites me in that sense and and so that's where it's more than five friends for me because i have a medium that allows me for that for that to be bigger and i care about friends and that's one of the reasons uh, Faye, my girlfriend and i decided to go out with each other is that we don't exclude friends and having the opportunity to to see friends on a night time and we don't sort of we're not in in each other's pockets where we resent spending time with each other's friends and and we're trying to mingle friends with each other and go out with each other's friends, and like so that, that's health, that's healthy. Um, you need friends in your life, and like you know, the, my friends are just as valuable, um, as as Faye's. It's just it's a different importance. Um, so and Faye is a friend of mine too. Um, so so yeah, it's it's like so. It's, I really read that article on Yahoo, if you're interested, because I found that really, really um interesting and fun and yeah, just me and myself kind of want to um what I, I thought about it and i was thinking to myself yeah i do have a an intimate group of friends and that's the reason that it, it, I, I enjoy any friend that i see now i know that like it's meaningful and it's not like you're not trying to impress them and you're just being yourself and they know that they're going to come back and that makes life a lot more comfortable and easier than, than feeling that you're being you know you're sort of on a lesser level than some people when you go out with some people and if that's how you feel then you shouldn't hang out with them people basically but i found that interesting um and and I think about these things all the time. Um, obviously, and we talked about this with. Um, I don't want to say obviously a lot, but I talked to Ricky in the last hosted episode. Uh, we could, we will be doing a hosted episode soon, uh, and obviously this was in relation to another thing that that's come up recently that I want to kind of just make a point about because I I found this fascinating because it, it's everything that I talk about. Everything, sorry, everything that I watch rather everyone had an opinion on because it's such a big deal about Donald Trump winning the election. Um and it's and they spent a lot of time even on like sport shows and whatnot about the a person's right to vote. Um and this is something that I wanted to reveal on this and talk about because I think this is I've been spending a lot of time thinking about this because I'm I'm wondering whether I'm right. And then I saw an interview with Jesse Ventura about voting. Because basically people were making an argument in America of because essentially the reason that Trump won, or they're blaming it on the fact that not many people went to the vote. Like, for example, more people voted for Romney, who lost against Obama in the last election, than actually did Trump, which shows you how fewer people voted this time round. So, the person that lost was actually enough votes to win this time round, basically. So, uh that shows you how difficult it is but then so people say you should vote and if you should vote you should vote for the candidate even if you vote for a candidate that's like not gonna win you should vote which is a meaningless vote and regardless like i don't necessarily agree with that like so the point people make is they think you should vote even if you're like the the lesser of the lesser of many evils if you don't agree with the majority of people you should vote for the person you agree with the most even if you agree with them on a lot of issues, disagree with them on a lot of issues. Now, I find that self defeating, and and I've never been comfortable with that. Which is one of the reasons why, if I don't find anyone I want to vote for in the English elections, being that I'm English, I haven't voted. So I kind of I kind of believe on the whole George Collin point of view of it, that that um, the look at what happened. There, there was an example over here that that proves the argument I'm making. Um, the, there was a place in I think it was Nottingham or something like that where people were so pissed off with the way they were being treated with the two major corporations because the, the two major parties because there's another problem that we have. There's all these mainstream parties that you essentially most people vote for one or the other. So over here it's either like Labour or Conservative. Um, people were so like not wanting to vote them as a as a sort of thing. They voted uh for the. Um, th- th- what was claimed was that people voted separately for like the bmp thinking oh they'll never win and we're just doing that because we don't want the other ones to win that enough people had done that that the bmp had won enough votes to gain a seat and the bmp are very you know you know are very you know discriminatory and 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 uh see outrageous things and are not you know a very like sort of being pro-British and and, and attacking other uh, attacking other cultures and races that are that are part of that are part of England, which is just ridiculous. So that can happen in that scenario of it just the same difficult situation. And I was trying to think of how I wanted to phrase my stance on not voting. And then I saw an interview recently with Jesse Ventura on the Rubin Report, which is on YouTube, um, and. I found it fascinating because he basically said, and I 100% agree with him, and Jesse's, I agree on a lot of things Jesse Ventura says, and I recommend people if they're interested in politics, because I don't, I usually avoid politics on this podcast, but I, I felt this was a, an interesting topic, and I think I'm going to write a blog about it, is that, um, he, um, he essentially said that for any ballot anywhere in the world, you should have a, um, none of the above, um, box, and you should be able to take it to basically signify i am willing to contribute to the idea of uh, to to exercise my right to vote i'm contributing to the discussion by this but i don't believe in the current way that it's done and that essentially is how i feel about it is i don't like the way that we vote I don't like that it's based on regions uh, like in in America they have that same problem that how can you have a president that had more votes so, like over 2 million people voted more for for Hillary and yet because he um because Trump won more states in terms of more people voted and so like that, that, that you you just think it should you shouldn't it be based on you vote for one for the other um it shouldn't be about cause then it be, and then the fact that like you know, they they, they they because of Bush is that they made it that you can essentially buy time with candidates and and give them money for their vote and, and bribe them into coming. Like supposedly, you know, Hillary Clinton got five hundred thousand or something, five hundred thousand dollars to speak on behalf of Wall Street, who you know, not very many people based on the crash um, have a great opinion of, and yet there she is making a speech saying that she, you know, she would she would be part of it um, and and believes in them. Um, you, it's just it's crazy and the system's flawed and so why would you vote in a system that you don't believe works that's the thing that i find baffling because they always play the card of you know how many people died for your right to vote and all that sort of thing and i get it and i'm a firm believer in voting that you should vote Um, and it's, it's important to vote and it doesn't that, but then you get you get accused of being hypocritical by saying that because I'm like, but it doesn't mean you should you you should have just as much of a right not to vote as to vote. It doesn't mean that you're disrespect. Like if you if you if you don't vote because you don't care, that's a separate issue. But that, that there's not people who don't vote. Not majority of people don't. It doesn't mean the majority of people think that way. And there are people like myself who just don't believe in the system. Who who don't believe in that the the you know like I remember Billy Collini once said that when he travels around the world, one of the things that most disappoints him is the governments that you see that run these countries do not represent the people they represent as much as they should, in a way that is acceptable or morally acceptable, and or whatever however you want to frame it, they don't represent them at all well. And I that that's kind of sums up my stance is that yeah, you should, as much as, and then they say that, like, there's other third world countries who would love the opportunity to vote, and yet, yeah. you know, we essentially gave, the Americans gave uh, the Iraq the the opportunity for a democracy, and then sort of decided to leave, and then look what happened, it became worse, because, like, these people have not, learned, these people have never been, a, a, they've been they've been dictated on for years and years and years, and you've given them a democracy, and you expect them to understand it, 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 that, that's not how it works like we we, we the, the fact that w- that's not understanding that we've had a decent period of time in these particular countries where we've lived in a demo- a democratic country like that's the way that we've been governed for years and years and years and years uh, that so that's why we're used to it and that's why it's a problem for people like me to say it's a broken system and go oh well, you just want to get rid of a system that we've used for years that's kind of the, the way people justify that it's a it's a tried and tested system when it it just isn't working in the current time that we We're in that, um, and the people that represent us. That I don't. That it's 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 not working the way it should be. So. So it just needs that the system needs to change. It's not necessarily the fact that we are democratic, because there are a lot of stuff about being a, d- a democracy that that makes a lot of sense. That the that, that our the the, the 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 essence of that are that our vote and our and our in one vote, one man, one vote, and that our vo- the individual's voice means something. I, I obviously, is a very noble thing that we want to keep, but it's just how we exercise our voice and our vote the system needs to change now do I know the answer to that I don't know whether I don't feel like I'm maybe intelligent enough to 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 have a a, a, a solution to what a problem is but just being aware that there is a problem is is totally justifiable so um i, I thank you jesse Ventura for 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 realize for letting me realize w- what my stance on was it because I was struggling to come up with a way that made sense but but there you go so you don't, so so that was because, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick, who's a, a, an NH, NHL player, was getting a piece for the fact that he didn't vote, um saying that he ruined the system of saying that he wasn't going to, you know, stand for the National Anthem, and, you know, obviously, if you want to know more information about that, obviously type in Colin Kaepernick, I'm sure you'll, or if you're American, you'll know exactly what I'm on about, because I guess it's been on mainstream news, but anyway, so... I find that interesting. Um, I encourage people to vote, but if you think the system is broken, don't feel bad about not voting. That's how I look at it as. Um, But, it's your own individual right rather to vote or not. That's the point. So, finally, a couple of quick things. Um, I heard about I'm a huge u f c fan and colin McGregor winning two belts is is pretty amazing uh so if you're not into fighting you're probably not gonna like this little section but um yeah and um I just keep hearing about this idea that he's gonna fight um mayweather, which kind of shows the mockery of you know the, the 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 it's all about the money essentially because as interesting as it is and I would watch it is it, it's kind of a, a, a silly situation, and basically, if Mayweather goes into a boxing ring, he's going to get schooled by Mayweather because you know it's it's a different discipline and it's one fa- one part of fighting. And Mayweather is an undefeated champion. Um, it is just a, as much as he's boring and dull to watch. He's a you know he he doesn't get hit, so doesn't matter how much punching power that um that McGregor think he has. He's just he's going to get he's going to get schooled. And if Mayweather went into a UFC ring, it would be the same thing. So they're doing it for the money. So part of it's just, this, like with just this thing of the feeling that we have no intelligence in that matter, that that's why they're doing it. Because there's a rumour that Connor's looking into getting, uh, is maybe with his time off, is going to do a boxing match and he keeps calling McGregor out. So, um, uh, um, Mayweather out, sorry. So, um, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks it shouldn't happen. But if it does, and it isn't a boxing match, then McGregor's going to get schooled. Um, uh, so they're doing it for just the money, and so I kind of just think that sometimes you get a lot of things where it's just like, yeah, okay, of course, if they do a UFC card and they they want it to be good enough that you will spend your hard-earned money on buying the pay-per-view, I get it. But when you start getting into things where it's like sort of exhibitions or or whatever, it it, it there are just it's literally screaming out that they're doing it because they can get. In, in some cases, apparently, Mayweather can get a, 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 I don't know, like a, an eight-figure salary or something ridiculous, you know, it's 10 million plus, or whatever, I, you know, might even get to 100 million or something, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little ridiculous. So yeah, so that's my view on that, but i I did watch the Connor McGregor, um, Alvarez fight, and, um, it was, it, it, McGregor is amazing, and uh, people who keep people keep doubting him. That's one of the things that I kept say, saying. All these like USC fight he goes, oh no, eventually you're doing that. And like he be a guy at one seventy when his regular weight is one forty five, and that's a big deal. And he goes up and rematches, Does you know he he manages to figure out a way to beat Diaz, and then he goes to fight Alvarez, and then basically he's like, oh, and he do, and he beats and he makes him look like he's not even close to a world a world title champion, um, it, it was just, it was just, it was insane how good he was, and he made him look like an absolute fool. So maybe people will stop, like, you know, betting against him now. Um, finally, one quick thing that I saw that Cards Against Humanity guys were doing, um, uh, which is uh, gonna lead me to ranting about, um, and I'm a huge, just to, just to clarify, and I mentioned board games, I am a huge board game fan, I've had several people on the podcast who run board game companies, and I will do in the future. We just released one with about Dark Souls board game, which I can't wait to buy. Um, is is I like Cards Against Humanity. It kind of kind of became old quickly. In the you know, you play maybe a couple of months Of playing it every now and again, and it's just like you know all the cards, and it just isn't as funny anymore, and so you don't play it really anymore. I haven't played it in such a long time, but I do like it as a game. And I I I have a very wide open sense of humor. I like rude humor. I like sometimes. You know, cause it's, it's a joke. So even if it's like offensive to other people, you know, I, I, like, I like Frankie Boyle. Um, sometimes you have to, it's all mood orientated for me. It depends what mood I'm in. But in general, I'm like, if you know it's a joke, you can pretty much say anything. Um, so I, I, I like CODS Against Humanity as a concept, as a game. I'm not against them doing the game at all. But this idea that they keep coming up with these stupid ideas for Black Friday, and so the one they did this time round, the one they did last year was they went, "Oh, donate money to us and make, uh, and we'll, we're going to give you nothing." So essentially, a donation is to give it to the guys who make Cards Against Humanity. Now, again, like I said earlier, when you start running a business, it doesn't mean that I'm entitled to get this money. I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of people. But when you run a like anyone who does any sort of independent company, is that if you are trying to find a way to make a viable business and to have people spend their disposable income having all these gimmick ideas of giving them huge a decent sum of money to do nothing and sort of claim it as a joke and all this kind of thing granted it, it it's essentially as a donation it's just silly and I get that they're doing it as a joke but then there's people it's like you know can't you spend the money in a more wider sense it's, these, it's like people that to me is a sort of similar thing Is someone going on a kickstarter pretending that they've got a project they, they which has happened before you know generate a huge amount of money and then just take the money for themselves and find a way of saying that it didn't work out like that, that which you know I, I have a couple of kickstarter projects that I've donated to that I'm still trying to find out what the hell's going on with it and um, that's really annoying and, and, and wrong in, in many a sense, but, and I'm gonna say that it's just a joke and essentially it's a donation, so technically they didn't do anything wrong, which is silly. But well, I was willing to kind of go whatever, but then this, this, this year, they decided to do this thing where they just essentially said, you can, um you can donate money and we're gonna get a digger and we're gonna dig a hole and gonna dig a hole in the earth. Now you're know, like, oh it's just a joke, Steven, it's just a gimmick. But when they raise like hundreds of thousands of dollars for just people to just basically dig a hole and they're gonna keep digging, isn't it just they're doing it to generate money and they just think, Oh, one of these days you're gonna like wake up and go, That's funny, we digged a hole. No, it isn't funny. Um and you know, and and again it's just like it's like these gimmick stuff of a uh, it, it reminded me of when i was thinking when i was reading this i was thinking it's a bit like people who claim that it's modern art uh when you know the tracy emmons is the, the go-to person i go to a person who goes oh, i'm gonna put a tent up and i'm gonna sew in people who i've slept with or something and that's gonna make people think about it and that's art because it makes you think about things and like like Natural, like that's natural art for me. It's like it's like sort of taking. It's sort of taking like a sort of the natural beauty of the world, or the, or, or a person's natural curiosity, and claiming it as their own, and saying that it's their idea. You know, it's like going out to a skyline, and going, well, it to me mean now we're gonna like, claim. I'm gonna go and claim a, a section of sky, and go, oh, it's art, because I, you know, realised its beauty, and like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna charge people to come to this spot on Earth to see the sky, because I think it's the most beautiful sky. Oh, but it's art, if anyone says that it's a stupid idea, or that it's not remotely talented at all, it's claiming a natural thing and going, oh, it's the way that I view art, or whatever it is. Art should be something you create, as in something that, like, you actually have a talent for, that, you know, it's like, you again, it's like, sort of, st- the, to me, this is the same as, like I said, right at the beginning of the show, which is a nice way of ending, is to turn around and say that it's that taking someone else's idea or show or content... And, and just, oh, I did better at promoting it than you, which means that I, that, 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 um, that that it's, oh, it's, it's mine, it's mine because I did better with it. No, it's not yours. Like, no matter if you did do a better job with it, all great for you, but it's still illegal. And you're, and you're, you're just taking an idea that already existed, whether it be a natural one or whatever, and just pretending, oh, by the way, the way that I viewed it, um, it, it, there's no creativity in that. Like, there's, there's not, there's nothing. And it's like, and and I have a very good sense of humor, and I laugh at a, a huge bunch of things. I know that's easy to say because a lot of people think they have a good sense of humor, but like, it's just silly. And it's just like, I wish they wouldn't do it. And and and, and like, and and I'm like, you know, and these these people seem perfectly reasonable people. Um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's 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 just silly. And I, I, and, um. Yeah, like I say, for people who are, you know, to spend people's disposable income because it's difficult to justify people to do that. And I guess maybe the argument against me could be, well, look, they managed to get people to do 300000 for your idea and you don't get many people donating to your idea when you do original content. Isn't that your problem? Maybe. um, But I still think the idea like it's it's stuff like that if so many people do these sort of gimmicky things the same as people who just you know there's people who go on like twitch for example who just sit and who just sit and say give me money and people think that's so out there and wild and it it, it, re- it reaches a point like if if enough people do that is my point and i like the cards against humanity game and i like i've got no problem with them making money for a good idea like that is that just if people are doing it for just essentially doing nothing or flashing or you know it's just like where does it end and then it's just like people who are doing original content are not going to get a chance in hell of making enough content that people can be proud of and think that is good and it's just all this about stealing money it goes back to like that word stealing that i said it's just stealing money for people who are willing to go that's a good idea when like you know when really we could make a huge difference and have we could, we could steal the power from the television companies who decide what we watch on TV, which a lot of it is shit. I mean, like, let's be frank, it is, it's terrible. And we have an opportunity, we could have an opportunity to, you know, like, all the original YouTubers who took ages to get, you know, a following and are still sort of trying to make money every, every week, every time they do a show, is that, like, they're doing something really meaningful and we can make it as powerful as we want it to be, but only if we actually, like, encourage people to see it and contribute to things that make that 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 are people who are working their arse off to do something original, um, and it's just that's not original. I'm sure that's been done before, and so I, I don't know. I I I know that like they maybe just like I looked at it wrong and realized I've got no sense of humor with it, but it's just like you know, come up with a come up come up, come up with a new game and I will buy it and i'll buy it and then that's that that would be all that'd be fantastic but you know all these gimmick stuff is just foolish and like i say there's so many people who are on different formats on the internet who are just making money doing very little um and it's just a little um annoying to to be frank so uh, anyway so that pretty much covers it. Um, all I like to say is that obviously, if you enjoy listening to me rant and do some solo stuff, I'm not going to do this very often. I just decided I wanted to do it now, and I may not do it for a while. I mean, I didn't. I may probably may not even do it ever, ever again. But if you like what you hear, like thank you for listening to me solo ranting about various things um obviously uh with hosted ones i'm going to have ricky uh is back going to be doing some more hosted stuff like i say uh gunnar Roxon, who is a right sci-fi writer who does dark angel and the wild hunt ga- uh books which are really good i have i have both copies and also um writes for modiphius games uh, and he's writing broken shield right now he's going to be next on i'm about to uh i'm going to actually interview him in a couple of days actually and he and also involved in that project ken um, I don't know the guy's second name, actually. I've just been told he's called Ken. And yeah, he's apparently, he's worked on some video games in the past. So I'm obviously going to be talking to him about that. And obviously, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to anything else, I uh, um, was, uh, yesterday, or today, actually, um, I released, um, David Kinsbury's podcast, which is the personal trainer for Hugh Jackman, as well as, um, Alex Hall, who does the designs for the Dark Souls dark souls board game which is going to be available of april of next year because they've got all the kickstarter stuff to worry about i can't wait to buy that and so he talks about the design and uh obviously talks in depth about the game so that sounds fun you should listen to that it's a really interesting podcast um and also, I talked to like Manu Interami, who was E. Chap in Star Trek Voyager. So we've had some sci-fi people on. So you know, it's not as sort of serious and as, uh, but it's as it's as tangenty as conversation. Even when we have a guest on, and obviously you're going to get a lot less of me if you find me annoying or whatever it is. Then you're going to have a lot less of me when I have guests on because it's all about talking to them. But um, uh, so yeah, I just decided to do this as an experiment. I may do it again uh, if I, how I feel about it. I don't know, but I really wanted to just do it. Um, Like I said about the right to not vote or whatever, I'm considering writing a blog about that, which is going to be on geekapocalypse.com soon. Hopefully, if I do do that, which I most likely will, so have a look at that when it comes out, and I'll obviously if I might put a a link in the description if I put it if I if I write it before I release this. But yeah, just huge thank you for people who are listening and support the 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 show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, that's at geek underscore apocalypse. On the tweets and um, obviously on iTunes if you type in Geek Apocalypse, which most people I'm assuming are listening to this on that. If you want to subscribe to us, you get the episodes way sooner than on uh, the website. So that's the best way of getting the content as soon as it is released. Uh, huge thank you guys. Obviously, my name is Stephen Hesse. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, and obviously tell people about it because obviously, like I said earlier, like I've said throughout this podcast, the support of the people listening is what makes the, this go round and has the opportunity to grow and develop. So obviously let people know. And as I say, if you, if you're willing to donate to us, we have a donate button on the website. And, um, we also have, um, which is on the bottom right corner, I think. And, um, we also have a, a, a shop where you can buy some memorabilia, which is on that site as well. And obviously, you click on it, it'll take you to the, 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 the website, uh, section where you can buy some shirts and stuff. So if that sounds fun, obviously every little helps as a well-known, um, supermarket chain in the UK says. Um, and it really does in this case. So, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, and uh, we will be back very soon in the next, what podcast we're going to be releasing. Like I say, it's with Gunnar Roxon. And obviously listen to some previous episodes because obviously we've got 130 of them. So there's 40 plus of them. So there's way a lot to listen to. But that's it for me. Um, I'll end the podcast like you always end in the words of the great B movie robot, Josh Crash and Burn. And also, if you want to talk to me through email, it is Stephen with the hesselwood H E S L A W O O D Media, M-E-D-I-A at gmail.com If you go to the contact page on uh, Geek Apocalypse, uh, if that's too difficult to write down with how fast I've said that, if you go to the Geek Apocalypse and talk to contacts, you can email me through that, and I will try and answer uh, as, as quick as possible. Uh, Huge thank you, thanks guys, and I'll speak to you guys very soon on the Geek Apocalypse podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.